Well, welcome and thank you again for taking time to join us. Uh, we hope everybody was able to capture our last Bible study on the book of Acts. Uh, if you are just catching up with us and do want some more contact, content, excuse me, please go back and check that out. Uh, watch all the different studies that we had, uh, 28 different chapters in which you can go through and see that history of the early church. Uh, today we're just going to start with a little intro to the book of Mark and be able to share kind of what's up and coming for this next Bible study series that we have. So, Pastor Mark, what do you think? You're the one that selected this book, and obviously not just because it was your first name. My but, name's uh, Saint, yeah, Saint yeah, Mark. Yeah, Saint Mark. So, what do you think about this this book? What stands out to you, or is there a reason why you picked it in particular? What do you think? It's a great gospel. It gets uh, right to the heart of the the ministry and message of Jesus, especially the deeds, right? All the mm. all the works that he does. And so just a very active, uh, moving, fast-paced story of everything that Jesus did uh, during his ministry years. So that's one big thing, supposedly, in the book of Mark, right? Or not supposedly, that it's, it's true that uh, a lot of it is kind of a maybe uh, more succinct or maybe more uh, broken down, but it's still very descriptive in its content and what it shares with us about who Christ is and what he has done for, for each of us. Um, I noticed just kind of like flipping through things uh, this morning and looking at it briefly, it really seems vivid in being able to share with us, whether we've been a Christian our whole lives or something new that we're looking at and don't know a lot about Scripture, uh, it really shares with us, again, about Jesus being the Christ. Mark seems to hammer on that over and over again to almost have be this this proof text in our life let me show you and explain why jesus truly is this savior for us yeah it's uh exactly and mark is uh not one of the 12 disciples mm, mm. uh so you get uh matthew and john oh we'll start with the gospels i guess yeah all right so just the just the gospels matthew mark luke john the first four books of the new testament that give us an account of jesus's earthly life from his birth to his ascension into heaven and then of course Luke picks up with Acts we, the timeline continues on uh, with the, the first century of the church but the gospels are about the life of Jesus his miracles his words teachings his ministry and mostly important right his passion his suffering his death his burial his resurrection is uh, showing himself as the resurrected Christ, the, the Messiah, and ascension into heaven. <clears throat> Mark, again, not one of the 12, but uh, was with Peter, we know mm -hmm. a lot, and we think uh, we think probably what uh, Mark has recorded is what he heard Peter preach over and over and over again. So most likely this <clears throat> content that we'll look at over the next uh, 16 weeks or so uh, really is uh, something that he takes directly from Peter. It's not something that he's writing down, per se, of just his uh, first-hand accounts, but being able to take maybe sermons or maybe elements of Peter being able to share, and then him being the one actually recording it for us then, correct? Yeah, that's actually what's kind of neat. It's kind of like Peter's gospel, in mm. a sense. It's uh, what was Peter preaching and, and, and teaching after Jesus had ascended, as Peter obviously, you know, Peter, I mean, he's, he was the main disciple uh, when Jesus was on the earth, and he was kind of the leader of the of this church in Jerusalem. So much of this text then <laughs> recorded for us 
uh, not in real time of, you know, the early uh, years, uh, AD the or something like that. Yep. Yeah, more closer to 50s, early 60s. Some people potentially even say around the year 70 AD because of some of the events that are recorded in there. So maybe something in, interesting for us to know as we begin this book together that this is kind of something that was, you know, recorded slightly later on then. Yeah, probably in the 50s. And like you said, uh, we don't have the, it wasn't, date, it wasn't copyrighted when they published it. So we don't have the date in the front cover yeah. we could look at. But um, just from, uh, yeah, just from the events. And, uh, but also, you know, we do what we do have. And maybe we fail to mention this um, too often is that uh, we do also, in addition to all of these writings, Hold my Bible. Yeah. All of these writings that we have, the Holy Scriptures from Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and Paul and Peter, and, um, you know, the, the next generation of Christians and pastors wrote letters and wrote sermons and wrote, and the next generation wrote letters and sermons and Bible studies. And, and so we've got this connection of. Uh, I said verification. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so one of the things, I don't remember all these names, except that I just read it, is that, uh, <clears throat> so one of the earliest testaments that we have that Mark wrote this gospel was a, a Christian, a pastor named Papias, uh, who lived in the year 100 okay. AD. And he quoted somebody called the Elder. We're not sure who that was, but all right. we don't have any of his writings. But that pushes the Elder means he was in the 80s at least, 70s, 80s, 90s, Sure, 80s, sure. Who said that Mark wrote this gospel. So it's kind of this chain of historical events that are there and that it was widely accepted in, in the church uh, along that time. Yeah, never never questioned. And even, uh, honestly, even the most critical of scholars, uh, I always use that for those guys, but uh, today, so we'll say, yeah, it was John Mark who wrote this gospel. They may argue about the time frame yeah. or some yeah. of the verses at the end of the book. We talk about that when we get to it. But uh, no, so it was John Mark and he was a young man. Nobody knows uh, for sure, but a lot of people speculate that uh, in uh, in Mark chapter 14, he makes a cameo appearance in his own story. Oh, okay. Because this is the only uh, mention of this incident in any of the four gospels. So, uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, Jesus is praying with his disciples. The, the, uh, of course, the guards they come to arrest Jesus, mm -hmm. and we hear about Peter doing it. Okay, yep. but, but only in Mark we hear this story, this part of the incident. Uh, Mark chapter fourteen, verse fifty-one and fifty-two, tells us that, uh, and a young man followed him, uh, in other words, out to the garden, with nothing on but a linen cloth about his body. And they seized him. The guards seized him, but he left the linen cloth and ran away naked. So very interesting. The young man, <laughs> yeah, young John Mark, uh, puts himself in the story there. He, he <laughs> uh, would only reveal that about himself, yeah, I guess. So nobody else would uh, tell a little embarrassing story like that about you know. Well, in the in this bigger in this bigger reveal of the the story. Who seems to be uh, the main target audience for Mark? You know, we talk about some of the writers looking like they're going to the Gentiles or hitting the more of the Jewish tone for certain things here and there. Does Mark, it seems like to me, 
looks like he kind of has this Roman audience from what I've uh, taken and like the pieces that I've looked at from different people making commentaries on this. It seems like that kind of is, you know, the church in Rome, Roman audience, uh, the Gentiles being able to kind of go after that individual group of people. Um, anything to be able to add to that about the content or how he's writing or anything like that? Well, I think, yeah, historically, that's, uh, again, just like we have Papias, the elder before him, yeah. Eusebius, all origin, all of the church fathers agree that uh, John Mark, the, the companion to Peter, uh, wrote this gospel, and that, and they all agree that he wrote it in Italy. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Peter had obviously gone... That's kind of a cool, neat aspect to this, right, of actually thinking about where it's yeah. actually recorded at... Uh, I think most people would probably go through this, and that might not be in their mind geographically, uh, the place of Italy, that that wouldn't fit. But that's kind of a, a neat piece. Mm-hmm. Also, I like all the different emphasis that are in here. I was kind of going through my own Bible today and seeing like the different emphasis that Mark brings up. And I think there's a couple of them that stood out to me more than anything. Uh, that he talks about the cross, which I, I would say that we see that probably in a lot of the the Gospels, but maybe a little bit more emphasized in Mark. Uh, I wrote down that he talks about discipleship a lot, which I thought was really neat. You and I have even recently talked about what does that look like for our congregation or just for Christians in the world, uh, whether it's today facing a pandemic or today with technology or just today in our culture. So that might be something neat for our viewers to kind of keep in mind is thinking about that theme and what that concept of discipleship really looks like in your life too, about you being strengthened as a Christian or about you strengthening others too. Uh, And then the final one I wrote down was the teachings of Jesus uh, are really highlighted within this scripture, which is kind of neat. Uh, Sometimes we focus on the miracles which are taking place a lot of times during maybe a certain teaching, but uh, Mark seems really hammered down on these specific elements that Jesus is sharing with his disciples or sharing with the people to train us up and grow us in our faith, which uh, really is on the heels of discipleship. But I like that aspect for all of us as an audience too. For in this time of Bible study together, we're trying to, to learn what better learning than to be able to go straight to these teachings of Christ and to continue to ask that question, you know, what does this mean for my life and how does it shape me? Yeah, discipleship. And of course, the big uh, climax there as far as, you know, what it is to be a disciple is kind of the climax of the book, right? The, uh, in Mark chapter 8, mm. when uh, Peter finally declares, you are the Christ, Son of the God, and Jesus essentially, we'll get to it, but says, and if you're going to be my disciples, you're going to pick up your cross and follow me and, and, and be persecuted and then die too. And, um, and that's what it is to follow Jesus. It's to be selfless. It's to give all of ourselves to the service of God. And I love that too because it really plays out so thematically. I think about like in literature class in the high school, the concept of like, you know, drawing this chart of maybe the plot of many books uh, or stories in which something is going along and then there's build up to this climax and Mm -hmm. this happens literally right in the middle of this book and from there it's not that the story drops off but it shapes everything going on from there that this build up to recognizing who our savior is and then what does this mean and how again truthful is that in our lives too of being able to go along on that journey and we, hopefully most of us here today, if we have not already, maybe even through this uh, 
uh, Bible study or through other means, recognize that by the Spirit that He is our Savior and ask ourselves, so what does this mean? How does this shape the rest of my story? Yeah. Yeah, Mark is known as the storyteller. Mm. He's a great storyteller. And, it, and it's probably a combination of Peter's incredible preaching. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that actually, you know, obviously captivated so many people and Mark. And then his own storytelling. But being able to retell Peter's kind of sermons in, in the written form. And I guess it, <clears throat> it seems obvious, you know, why would, what's the purpose of, you know, Mark writing a book? Well, it's so people can read it. Mm. But uh, you got to remember, in the Mediterranean world at that time, the literacy rate was probably ten percent. Yeah. Maybe twenty percent in the big cities. Yeah. <clears throat> so Mark was writing probably well, and the way it was used, it was it was read aloud. Mm-hmm. It was an oral word. It was uh, whether in synagogue or in the house churches, you know, in the first century, and so uh, something that has uh, become uh, very popular in, in the last, uh, I don't know. Uh, century is uh, kind of a, a theatrical recitation of the Gospel of Mark. Uh, I know there were uh, a few, two or three professors, I think, at seminary who had memorized the Gospel of Mark, and they could stand up there, and it's actually really impressive. It is captivating And that, you listen to it. And then Jesus says, and they tore the ceiling. And, and that was super, them. that would have been very, very typical, like you said, after we shortly after this book was written, for people to be able to do things like that too, need to be able to have that in that form today, like you mm-hmm. said. To see it, something played out in real life is different. And so hopefully something like that makes the words on these pages come even more alive to us. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, how's the structure, just kind of the outline mm. of the book. Um, there's a, a lot of ways you can divide it up, I guess. But um, I think with that whole idea of kind of the storyteller and the drama, it's kind of like a three-act play or the first act well geographically thematically mm-hmm. um so just geographically right the first section the first act uh is in galilee this jesus's ministry among the people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then from chapter 8 to 10 that big turning point of uh you know i have to go to jerusalem and that's the whole movement is this move walking this journey to jerusalem and then that's the arrival at, at the capital uh from 10 to the end and thematically, um, it, uh, it, it kind of revolves around the same three-act play where, you know, the first act is uh, people are beginning to kind of understand who, maybe not who Jesus is, but this is something special is going on. This is a pretty incredible person, teacher, miracle worker, until finally, you know, chapter 8, it's like, oh, he's yeah. the son of God. Wow! Yeah, this yeah. is the Messiah. But then it makes this real incredible, like, like movie plot twist, where it's oh, he's the Son of God, yay! And it's like, wait, you're gonna die? Mm. No, this mm. can't be. This isn't how it's supposed to be. And then so it's it's like a downhill trip to Jerusalem in those couple of chapters, and then obviously in chapter ten, you know, you get to the Passion, and uh, you know, chapters fourteen and. 15 and uh, all the it, you know park really goes into detail about the you know well the, the passion yeah the, the trials and the beating and the crucifixion there's a lot here and so maybe even just thinking about that right now you know as we kind of go through it i'm just looking even at chapter one as we begin next week if you want to 
maybe read ahead a little bit, feel free to start reading into chapter one. We're just going to hit this intro for today. Uh, but there is so much content, even in chapter one, there's basically seven sections there in those first 40 verses, or excuse me, first 45 verses. Maybe uh, we'll actually even break up chapter one into mm -hmm. two different parts so we're not just speeding through everything. But feel free this week to maybe take some time, check out that first uh, chapter, at least the beginning of it, so maybe you can kind of have some ideas or even questions in your mind that you can always, you know, shoot to us to be able to look at and kind of examine uh, either ahead of time or uh, following the week so we can look at those together then as well. That's good. Looking forward to it. Yep. we close with a quick prayer. Please. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for giving us your holy word and revealing to us your love for us, your will for us. And we just pray that as we dedicate the time, uh, give an offering of our time uh, to be in your word, uh, you would, as you promised, uh, uh, bless us and uh, increase our faith and, and love and our ability to, to live out our calling as your disciples. Uh, just pray for uh, our whole church, uh, all our, our whole congregation, uh, and every need that you know. Uh, be there for them to, to bless, to heal, to restore, and to strengthen. And we ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Thanks. All right, we'll see you next week.